Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That dirty dog, Darren DuPont, has put the San Jose Sharks up against the Minnesota Wild in round... I think it's round two now. All the jerseys are going to be nice. Over 80% are wrong voting for the Minnesota Wild. Come on, look at the California Golden Seals look. Listen, I know that I've always been a, a fish swimming upstream, but now we have proof. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Good clip, boys. Good clip to open up the old show here. Yeah, on night football Friday. Hello. Just punched my lights out there, huh? Ah, what a way to end the week. I hope you are ready to have some fun. Let's bring in the moose, Darren Moose DuPont. He is in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, and uh, it is football. Uh Okay, we're all in a great mood. I told you, Darren, that I was going to talk about this. Good news, bad news. First, the bad news. Uh, new studio there at IKS, and they're, they're, they're working out some issues, and the audio... Jordan's trying to figure it out, and I'm like, I think today it's a me problem. My ears are snack, crackling, popping like a bowl of Rice Krispies because of this cold that I have, and you've had it. You know where your eyeballs hurt and your oh, yeah. hearing's screwed? Oh, no. that's, that's me today. So it's like, don't go by anything I say with regards to audio because I can't hear a blinking thing. That's the bad news. <laughs> the good news is, I said to Darren, it's just been a tremendous week, personally, professionally, and I'm really hoping slash expecting that's the way it's going to go into 2023. And you're going to find out here in the Quick 6 Show Topics what I'm talking about there. And you think that I'm right, that this is an omen for the rest of the year, the pendulum swinging, and it's going to be everything coming up millstone. Agreed? Oh, yeah. There was a lot of grinding in 2022 and and brick slate and foundation and all that kind of stuff. In 2023, we're in the air and let's go. So I'm excited. (laughs) Well, And, hey, with you on that, you know, in the business, we call it riding the rails. You know, I've been riding the rails of the audio all week so that the coughing and the, the, the cracking and the sounds from having the cold don't come over the airway. Oh. So uh, good luck with that. Well, and I want to point this out and uh, shout out Ryan O Radio, Metro Atlanta, flying the ship at WQEE. We're on the radio there in the Peach State. My cousin Christine showed up from Medicine Hat. She's watching. Where were you yesterday, Chris? And I looked this up over the Christmas holidays. 2022 was the year of the tiger. I don't know. Did you know this? And 2023 is the year of the rabbit. So then I looked a little more into it. And it said 2022 was very um, ferocious and tumultuous. I'm like, yeah, buddy. And they're saying that (laughs) the year of the rabbit is supposed to be a lot calmer. And things are going to go more smoothly. And I'm like, sign me up for that. So the guests today are Darren Dreger from TSN. I know it's football Friday, but it's the only day he could make it. Hall of Famer Nick Lewis from the Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the new receivers coach to the Calgary Stampeders. Nick Lewis is going to be with us. He's an hour two. And the king of cheer, 
Cameron Hughes. Those are the guests. Can you hit the quick six show horn, please, Director Jordan? And we, we will get right down to it. We also have NFL deal or no deal coming up for week 18 in the National Football League. And I know the football fans and specifically the football people that have shown up for football talk today. But here in the quick six, we do it daily. Here's the biggest show topics. Number one, Canada claimed its second consecutive gold medal at the World Junior Hockey Championship Thursday night with a 3-2 overtime win over Cheshire in Halifax. Dylan Genther scored his second of the game with over uh, six minutes into the extra period to give Canada the victory. Shane Wright scored the other. Breaking news today. Thank you, Clark, for that. The Seattle Kraken announcing they're sending Shane Wright back to junior to the Ontario Hockey League. Yeah. And Connor Bedard, as my friend Chris Sanford would say from Albany, Connor Bedard was named the tournament MVP after a performance for the ages. 23 points in seven games, and he didn't have a point in the game last night. But who cares? We can sit here and talk for two hours about him snapping on the TSN ice-level reporter. The new girl, I don't know her name. Um, nobody cares about that. Uh, every counter's like, we're not talking about me. We just won the gold medal. Uh, and I got the scoop. My phone was going off last night saying, what's next for Bedard? Are the Pats going to trade him? I'm like, I've had enough of this. I can't take it until next Tuesday, the WHL trade deadline. So I sent to the heart of the matter a text message to the Bedard camp. And I said, what's up? Does Connor want out or not? And they said, no, he wants to stay. Here's all the reasons. Thank you. So Connor Bedard staying with the Regina Pats. That's all the news that's fit to print, Moose, in point one. Go. Yeah, great, great finish to the gold medal game last night. That was a lot of fun. You know, but for a while, until the six minute left, with six minutes left in the game, I was sitting there being like, can we watch something else? Because this game is boring. Two nothing. Canada was playing so good. The Czechs couldn't do anything. I'm like, it's not fun to beat up on somebody who's not fighting back. But then they started playing. And they scored the couple of goals, and there's six minutes left. I'm like, nah, we got a game. And it was, we were on our heels yeah. a little bit. They probably had the better chances late in that game to even win it. You know, and Milic had to come up with a couple of big saves. So when Canada finally scored in overtime, that was a great finish. And it ended up being a really great night and a great moment. So uh, hats off to everybody uh, on Canada's team. And it was loaded with Western Canadians, which we love to see. Um, viewer Katie writes in she says good morning it's a fantastic day here in regina they always are in the sweatpants capital from jennifer at the four seasons she says good morning everyone way to go canada favorite moment is when Sposal and bedard hugged yes that was at the end of the game uh so yeah sprinkle in your comments from Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg, he says, This ice fan is happy to hear that Bedard is staying in Regina. It's not necessarily huge breaking news because Paddock's been saying it for months. And I apologize for not necessarily listening to him. You know, as it turns out, he was uh, not pulling our leg. Point two, the agent for Buffalo Bills safety, DeMar Hamlin, says the player is breathing on his own and able to talk after having his breathing tube removed this morning. It comes four days after he went into cardiac arrest and was resuscitated on the field on Monday night football. The 24-year-old Hamlin was listed uh, Thursday in critical condition in the intensive care unit of the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. It is a football Friday. This is the other big topic of the week. Yes, this morning, Ira Turner 
DeMar's agent said it. The breathing tube has come out. He's alert. You saw, uh, did you see the news conference from the doctor at the University of Cincinnati uh, Hospital? He goes, the lights aren't just on. Somebody's home. We all thought he was going to die. I did. I thought it, at worst a 50-50 proposition. Doesn't look like, it looks like he's going to pull through. So that's the, probably the best news of the week right there. Your thoughts on DeMar Hamlin's latest update? It's awesome. It's awesome that we've had positive update after positive update. And he's not out of the woods yet, I'm sure, until he's out of the hospital and, and back to normal. And who knows? We're not even talking about him playing football and things like that. But um, it's just awesome having Shut this up! great new... <laughs> I'm sorry. How about that? <laughs> I guess his window was open. He stopped. But you knock it off. Uh, yeah, exactly. Anyways, it's Continue. great to have that good news, and I'm just happy that we're rolling into the weekend on a high. This is like that TSN pregame special the other day where they interviewed all Bedard's neighbors in Vancouver. Did you see that on TSN? Where he shot a thousand pucks a day in his backyard. Ting! ting yes. Ting! What's going on? Yeah, and the neighbors are like, no, no, it's good. Everything was good in the world because Connor was shooting pucks at the crossbar. He's Knock it off! It. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is there. And I apologize to everybody for that. Um, the pull. reason I say I think, in a, yeah, in a way, things are getting back to normal and the pendulum swinging. Uh, I get a notification come across my phone from where I can't remember now. We get a million of them. And I know it's driving everybody nuts, probably Director Jordan especially. But uh, about the NFLPA rips the NFL for taking so long to scrap the game the other night between the Bills and the Bengals. And I'm like, ah, why do I want to read this? Because in the end, the right decision was made. The right decision was to pull the pin on the game Monday night. And then we're going to get to, as of, I don't, get, I don't know what's going on over here. As of Thursday, the, the game's been scrapped entirely. And why is the Players Association bitching? Uh, have you read any of that? I, I told you to read up on it for as much as you know. The Players Association's kind of come out and huffed and puffed and said, what took you so long? I know. That's just wrong. What's good, my point here is we're going the right direction, is they did the right thing by not playing. The old yeah. NFL, the old CFL would have forced them to play. That's, I think, the right thing, right? It's wrong yeah. that the Players Association would come out and huff and puff just to make a statement. What do you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, no, I agree. It, it is. It's, you don't need to huff and puff about it now. I mean, I think they're trying to establish uh, a precedent and making sure the league understands, look, you can't just make hasty decisions anymore and not think about us and think about the ramifications and the consequences. And you can't make decisions anymore without including us in that process. And you included us in this process, but your first instinct was to play. And so you need to know that that's wrong and that the first instinct should be to call the PA. And, you know, it's jostling for position, you know, and, and it's PR stuff. And I believe this could, this is conversation that should happen, but it should happen behind closed doors in an email. It doesn't have to happen publicly, not right now. And I think the precedent is set. That when situations are happening like that, we're now in an age where we're definitely erring on the side of caution and checking all angles and looking both ways and doing all those things rather than just making decisions. And uh, I think moving forward on situations like this, the PA will be involved. So I think 
it's been accomplished. Well, by the way, coming up in the quick six, we got CFL free agency. We've got the, the, the Natty coming up Monday night, Georgia TCU. And more on this cancellation of the game. But I go back here, pinballing back and forth in the quick six show topics. Point three, NHL leftovers. From Thursday's game, Leon Dreisaitl had a goal and an assist. The Oilers defeated the Islanders 4-2 last night. I watched the third period of that. It was an interesting game. And the win snapped a five-game home losing streak for the uh, Oil. Andre Kuzmenko scored twice, and his Vancouver Canucks got a much-needed win, edging the Colorado Avalanche 4-2. And how about uh, Nashville goalie UC Soros? He made a franchise record 64 saves. And Mark Jankowski's goal late in the third period gave the Predators their first lead in a 5-3 win over the Carolina Hurricanes, who have now lost two in a row. <laughs> I Somebody is at the FedEx building next door, Darren, uh, and I think they're waiting on a delivery or somebody to get off work. I thought they were at a red light, but they're not. In this break, I'll go out and uh, pound them into the ground. And the Spicy. Vegas Golden Knights dumped Pittsburgh in the fortress. But again, now that now the owners don't have any problems because they snapped the home losing streak. It's just the ebbs and flows of an NHL season. Tonight, the Florida Panthers, by the way, are at Detroit. Point four, uh, the NFL said Thursday, a little more on the cancellation of the game, that it will not resume that game from Monday night. Bills Bengals that was suspended due to the injury to DeMar Hamlin. The league said some of the factors in coming to its decision included the fact that not playing the game wouldn't have any effect on any team qualifying for the postseason or being eliminated from playoff contention. Can you imagine being Roger Goodell this week? <laughs> it's like you thought COVID was a pain. Um, how do you feel about this and the fact that the AFC championship game might be decided, uh, played at a neutral site based on a coin flip? This is unbelievable. I know. Greatest coin flip of all time. Going to be on TV. We're going to have a pregame show and everything for the coin flip. And it's going to be outstanding. It really will be. Um, if, that, if it comes down to that. And now I'm rooting for the coin flip. I'm rooting for the coin flip. But um, you know what? The NFL has to make the best out of the situation. It's, and as they mentioned, it's not going to be perfect. So what's the best option available? And some, everybody will say, you know, somebody else will say, we think we've got a better option, right? I think this would be better. Somebody, I think that would be better. Well, you should have done this. You should have done that. Well, at the end of the day, they're making the decision that they think is the best. And at the, it's going to be fine. It really is going to be fine. There are some great neutral sites. You could play it inside to have no weather being a factor. Lots of outdoor stadiums. There's lots of great places you can play this game. So I think it'll end up being a non-issue. The poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, should the NFL have officially canceled that game? And last I looked, over 70% on Twitter saying yes, they made the right decision. What are they saying on YouTube, Clark? I'm assuming it's yes. I don't know by how much. That the NFL did the right thing. What is it? 50 what? 56% saying yes, so some people saying no. Um, sprinkling in some comments here, Moose. Boy, are we having a great opening segment here. Uh, Jack Fulton in Vulcan, Alberta says, Connor Bedard, depth of character was on full display in the post-game interview. Darren and I joked about this this morning. 
uh, on a phone call, I said, but nobody's ripping Bedard for just snapping on that young female reporter. Like, literally, has anybody stopped to think how she felt? The answer is no. How about no, Bob? And uh, she's just realized, if she hasn't realized yet, that sideline reporting is the toughest job in this broadcasting business, and I've done all the jobs. I've anchored, I've done play-by-play, -play, I've done this, I've done sidelines, I've done them all, and that is the hardest, because any question could cause somebody to explode, you know, especially right after a win. Imagine if they'd lost, you know? So believe me, somebody would have had to have consoled her after that. But anyways, oh. no, this is nothing against what, 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 what? Well, it's a great what? job by her to continue the interview. And this has nothing to do with a female and being emotional and that kind of stuff. I put myself in those shoes that you're about to interview Connor Bedard, the greatest ever that's played in the World Juniors, right after Canada wins the gold medal. This is your moment. It's going on the reel. This is going on Instagram. This is going on your demo tape. Yeah. This is your moment as a sideline on-ice reporter and he chews your head off because you're about to ask him about himself. Like, to not yes. break down and cry at that moment and, and then continue the interview. Like, she did a great job at just finishing the interview. Oh. That was tough spot. That's kind of kids these that's kind of kids these days and I think we've hit on something. We're going to have to break and we'll come back, but from uh, Jen at the Four Seasons, she says, I loved when Connor shut her right up. That boy is a class act, no doubt. Uh, meanwhile, patrolman Peter Winnipeg says, Zach Benson would never snap at someone. Just saying. That's today's reporter, man. Uh, the, the guy will bite your head off, and whether male, female, young, old, whatever, they come right back up like those old, uh, those old punching uh, clown things. You know, <laughs> she came right back. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So... Uh, We'll continue this and get into the CFL College Football National Championship when we come back. It is a football Friday. We are live on Game Plus TV, YouTube, and, of course, WQEE Radio. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You got to subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Okay. Darren Dreger coming up. Nick Lewis and Cameron Hughes. How about that? Three huge Canadian sports personalities. Uh, let's bring in Darren Moose DuPont uh, here. And I will get to more of that football stuff in a second. But, hey, we are on television all across Canada, as I remind my American friends on Game Plus TV. And they want to talk about not only Canada's 3-2 win over the Czechs in the gold medal game. And, yes, to my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat, the USA did win bronze. But nobody cares about the bronze, particularly the USA. Because here they say, like Ricky Bobby, if you're not first, you're last. Shake and bait. Regarding Connor Bedard and his turt response to the reporter, the sideline interviewer from TSN last night, and we're not talking about me. Uh, Glenn in Regina writes, and he says, I don't think Connor snapped at her. If anyone got upset at Connor's response, they have no business being a sideline reporter. 
From David in Winnipeg watching on Game Plus TV says, Happy Friday, Rod and Moose. Great reality TV with the horn blaring outside. Do you live next to Florida Man? I am Florida Man. So, yeah. From Lee that? in Regina says, Rod, it's Lee. Please explore, uh, Lee from the Epic Times and the Western Standard newspapers, please explore whether this was the most exciting World Junior Hockey Championship and whether this was the greatest Canadian team ever. And then says, boom, you got saved. Uh, no, it was not. And I want to move on. I really do. It's a football Friday. Uh, the 2005 Canadian team was the best. Sidney Crosby, Ryan Getzlaff, Dion Phaneuf, at all was the greatest Canadian team ever. And um, this, I felt the tournament in August last summer was more exciting than this. You, Darren? I, I, I'm, I'm here for the conversation of this being one of the most or the most exciting World Juniors because I thought the, the tournament itself was very exciting. Look at the bronze medal game, 8-7, eight, eight, all those goals. Look at the you know OT and and in the gold medal game. Look at the semifinal, the quarterfinals with Slovakia, the the semifinal with the states. I thought there was a lot of drama. Having Czechia being so good, um, I thought it was really a great tournament. Best Canadian team, not even close. That's not even worth the conversation um, because Canada was not dominant. We were not the best team. No, not not even close. But best tournament, I'm here for that conversation because it was very entertaining. Yeah, it's like. First tournament since I was in high school that I watched every shift of every game. Um, it's been, they're all good. As I said to you, Lee, via text last night, they're all good. Um, John Ohm, Ohm in Winnipeg says, Great CFL Players Association shirt, Moose. I have a matching cap. Do you want to pull that up and show the whole crowd uh, your CFLPA yeah. shirt? Uh, obviously, I got one too. I'm glad I didn't wear it. That would have been awkward. I have a Canadian Football Hall of Fame golf shirt on today, by the way. A gift from my friends at the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. So at some point, we're getting get around to it. Uh, and Lee, thank you. He thanks me for the thank you. And we'll be going in his newspaper shortly. The Stamps fans have showed up. They've entered the chat. The Calgary Stampeders fans. And I want to tell you that Nick Lewis will be with us in hour two of next hour. Jar, sorry, segment two of next hour. And one more. Trent in Norway says, uh, it was great to see Team Canada win. And for Bedard to say that the team came first. As a side note, Norway was promoted to the 2024 World Juniors in Sweden. But I'll be cheering for Canada. Thank you, Trent. John in Edmonton watching says, can we talk about why there's regular... Sunday games in the CFL, but the playoffs got moved to Saturday, Rod? I would suggest please ask the CFL that question. We had nothing to do with it. So we move on to point five. On Monday night, this upcoming Monday, Kirby Smart's Georgia Bulldogs will try to become the first team in a decade to win back-to-back -back national titles when they take on upstart TCU in the championship game in suburban Los Angeles at SoFi Stadium. Darren, it's been almost a year since you and I, our shadow, graced that place, SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. That the Bulldogs, with a 14-0 record in the Southeastern Conference crown, now have a shot at joining an elite group of repeat champions is really not at all that surprising in the current context of the program. They were good 
They were good under Mark Richt, but under Kirby Smart, they're great. And the question is, will you be watching Monday night, the College Football National Championship? It will be in L.A., as I mentioned, Georgia TCU. <clears throat> Not just Darren, but every, obviously I'll be watching, but will you? I'll be watching, and I'll be the biggest TCU fan that night. I love the underdog story. You know, when they lost to K-State at the end in the uh, championship game, I thought they might not get in. And then we saw the video of them all huddled around the room for the selection, the playoff selection, who was going to be in. They're watching ESPN, and when they got pulled as the number three seed, the place went nuts. Max Duggan has been a great story, battled a little bit of injuries late, and He's, he's a fun story, declared for the draft now, but wants to win a national championship first. I love this story. Teams that aren't always or often in this mix and in this conversation, I, I'm, I'm pulling for them on Monday. Did you hear that? Listeners in Atlanta, Moose is cheering for TCU, which is good. It's a little bit of a rub. Obviously, I'm pulling for the Georgia Bulldogs. Interesting story on Kirby Smart, their head coach 20 years ago, his first coaching job in college football. Valdosta State paid him $8,000 a year. It's all the school had for him. But Kirby, we'd love to have you on the staff, but all we have in our budget is eight grand a year. Will you coach for that? He said, yep. Now he's making 10 million a year. And he's on the cusp of uh, second consecutive national championship. So as Darren just said, a lot of stories. Well, it is a football Friday. Thank you, CFL, for waiting till Friday to make this announcement. In Calgary, you might want to cover your ears. Regina, too, for that matter. Under the CFL and the CFL Players Association joint drug policy, Calgary Stampeders wide receiver Richie Sindani has been suspended for two games after testing positive for two banned substances. I'm not even going to try and say them. They're this long. Players who test positive or fail to provide a sample face a two-game suspension for a first violation, a nine-game suspension for a second violation, a one-year suspension for a third violation, and lifetime ban for a fourth. This one doesn't uh, make me happy at all. Richie Sindani is a Regina kid, a Rams grad. He's been on this show, and I'm just going to, uh, frankly, move on. <laughs> That's your breaking news uh, out of the Canadian Football League today. Eee. I, I, you're, you're the Canada West guy. How do you feel about that? this news? It's disappointing. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like hearing it. I don't like that it happened. Um, I haven't seen anything from, from the Stamps camp or from Richard Sandani and his camp um, yet. So I'll wait really to pass judgment until that happens. Um, you know, in the case of Andrew Harris, when this happened, talked about the mistake and what potentially could have caused it and served his time and it hasn't come up again you know and we move on so i hope with richie it's the same thing but until we hear from them i don't really have a, a lot of judgment to pass on and yeah. i hope it was just a mistake and we move on uh, he's gonna have to i would think make a statement today and release a statement and uh, we'll see where it goes from there so that's breaking news out of the canadian football league today stamps receiver richie sindani suspended two games for a positive doping test now i promised that we would talk about canadian football league free agency and hey georgia listen up this from cfl.ca the league's official website christina costable is the writer here's the number one free agent for each team 
as the free agency opens up in a, just over a month's time. From the Toronto Argonauts, running back A.J. Ouellette, who sounds French-Canadian, but he's not. Parska, he's from Georgia. And we've been, uh, you reached out to him, right, Clark? What's the Argo saying about getting A.J. Ouellette on the big RP show? Anything? Wasn't a good time at the time, Clark says. Sounds like Jerry Jones. I'm too old. I don't have time to have a bad time. A.J. Willett is regarded as the number one priority free agent for the Toronto Argonauts, the reigning Grey Cup champions. For the Montreal Alouettes, this is interesting. She tabbed Eugene Lewis, the reigning East Division most outstanding player, as did I in my list about a month ago, but I've reneged on that, and I think that it's Trevor Harris, their quarterback. But that's just me. I'm going through the list here, Moose. CFL.ca. From Ottawa, defensive lineman Lorenzo Molden IV. From the Hamilton Tiger Cats, wide receiver Stephen Dunbar. I would suggest it's their quarterback, Boldy by Mitchell, and she addresses that in her article. For the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, wide receiver Rashid Bailey. For the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, linebacker Darnell Sankey. From the Calgary Stampeders, I've never known how to say this guy's name, defensive lineman Fullerin or Immolade. From the Elks, wide receiver Kenny Lawler, and from the BC Lions, running back James Butler. Where does CFL free agency rate on your radar, Moose? Um, low right now, just simply because the World Juniors and NFL playoffs are on the horizon yeah. and that stuff. But free agency, when we get close, is exciting for me. I'm really looking forward to it. We get into February. Um, I, I'm all about it, and, uh, and I'm sure we will be on this program, too. Uh, yeah, and actually, Ryan watching in Toronto says, Hey, Rod, which NFL week do you think is more exciting, week one or week 18? Uh, well, based on this weekend, slate is very clearly week 18. I get what you're saying, the excitement of opening day. But in hour two, we're going to play Deal or No Deal for our exclusive betting partner, Bet Regal. And you might be very surprised at the odds. I have them here, and I'm ready to go, Moose. Let me just say this. The teams that have the most to play for are favored. You would think that is very elementary, but it's actually not, I guess. And I can't wait for hour two to make those picks for week 18 in the National Football League. I love this. Uh, Aaron in Edmonton, <laughs> regarding the name of the CEBL, Canadian Elite Basketball League team. It's the CEBL going into Winnipeg, right? Yes. Yeah. They're calling them the Winnipeg Sea Bears, as in S-E-A, Sea Bears. Aaron in Edmonton yeah. goes, Sea Bears? Winnipeg is landlocked. I don't get it either. As John Lynch would say, very Winnipegish. How about that? Uh, Darren Drager next. We're going to get into all. You got NHL questions, comments? Fire him our way. Dregs is next. And then Nick Lewis and Cameron Hughes in hour two. All football after that. We'll see you, Moose, in hour two. It is daytime sports talk. We're live on Game Plus television. Also live streaming on YouTube. And on the radio, WQEE. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. All right, welcome back. It's a football Friday. We've offended all of Manitoba. They're saying it's not landlocked. There's polar bears that could come in the north end. I apologize to Winnipeg and all Manitobans. It is a football Friday, but everybody wants, yeah, everybody wants to talk about Canada's win 3-2 over Cheshire in the gold medal game. Where does it rate? Let's bring in our good and longtime friend, TSN's Darren Dreger, one half of the Ray and Dregs podcast. Dregs, uh, happy Friday, my man. Uh, hey, would you mind answering that? The people were asking, is this the best Canadian team ever, and was this the most exciting tournament ever. How would you answer those questions? Well, I, I would say for me, it's it's probably the most competitive tournament that we've seen in a long, long time. Maybe ever. Um, Ever's a long time. Uh, best Canadian team. I got to tell you, man, I still struggle getting past the, the Sydney Crosby year. Uh, I mean, that team, because of the lockout and all of that, was so, so dominant. But this one, uh, hard to argue. Uh, I mean, other than the stumble right out of the gate and losing the first preliminary ground, uh, game to Czechia. And I also liked, uh, you know, as they got into the middle round, the di different elements. You know, the, the Connor Bedard show wasn't, uh, you know, one-man game, was it? Uh, it seemed that way early on. Uh, but, you know, he needed some help, but he got that help. Uh, I thought Shane Wright and his line had their best game of the tournament in the gold medal game. And what can you say about Thomas Millich, the goaltender for Canada? So it would rank right up there, one, two. I might have to think that a little bit deeper. Well, the uh, viewers can attest that is exactly what I said about 20 minutes ago. Thank you, Dregs, for making me look <laughs> smart. Uh, <laughs> on all accounts. But, uh, hey, the breaking news out of it all, the NHL morphs over this, the Seattle Kraken sending Shane Wright to junior today to finish out the season. Now, what do you know about that story? Yeah, um, Ron Francis had breakfast with Shane Wright this morning in Halifax, handling it with pure classes so you would expect from Francis. He's always done that, every level of the game. Uh, they met this morning in Halifax, and they just think developmentally, Rod, that this is the best approach for Shane Wright. Now, he's been reassigned back to the OHL's Kings, uh, Kingston Frontenacs. I don't think that he's going to stay there very long. In fact, I expect that there'll be a trade that's announced, uh, if not today, uh, as early as tomorrow. Uh, I can't tell you the destination. There's been a couple that have been thrown out. The Peterborough Peets, the Barry Colts. Uh, Peterborough makes some sense because of his good friend, Brandon Hoffman. Um, Brad Clark, you know, what's going to be coming him? The LA Kings sound like they're likely going to send him back to the Barry Colts. So Wright might be a good fit there as well. But this is all uh, with respect to development. Having Shane Wright sit in a press box in the NHL or play six seven minutes a night that's not developing the player the way the seattle crack and need him to develop hey well by the way i want to know your thoughts on this you watch connor bedard um i got word last night i reported it that the pats aren't trading him he's going to finish his career there he doesn't want to be traded he'll finish out this season yeah. in Regina and get ready for the nhl draft and then the first season what's the talk of tanking like i'm hearing it at my level are you hearing it at your mm -hmm. level does it happen? Like, where are you on that? Well, I, I, no, I don't believe it happens, Rod. You and I have been around hockey uh, for, for decades, literally, right? Um, and look, let's go back to the early days of uh, what we did in the Western Hockey League. And you show me a game where uh, the players just didn't play to their utmost ability. It, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in hockey. Coaches coach to win games. Now, in saying all that, you know, where you get a little bit technical, 
and I suppose provide a definition of tanking is at a higher level. So management swoops in. The NHL trade deadline is between now and March is, is March third. So there's time between now and March third, but maybe they move out pieces and they don't get much back other than futures, right? We talk about draft picks and you know maybe prospects that are making their way towards the NHL. So they don't improve their roster on the short term, they're looking long term. Well, it's difficult to win in the National Hockey League when you don't have NHL players uh, capable of competing at that level. So is that tanking? I'm not so sure that's tanking, but that's the only way that you can do it in today's NHL is by management, moving out maybe veterans, better players um, with a design for draft and, and doing things foundationally and developmentally the right way. Well, think of this if it comes up again. Here in Miami, the Dolphins were investigated for the end of last season because they were accused of tanking. The NFL went with a fine-tooth comb through the video of all their games at the end of the year. There was no proof that they tanked. So I, it, it falls entirely in line with what you're saying, and that's the NFL. I don't think the NHL is any different. Um, your thoughts on these races here right now, night in and night out? It seems like it's every night this playoff line is fluctuating. How do you feel about the races right now as we get to the halfway point? Yeah, it's, it's fun to watch. Uh, for me, there's too much parody in the NHL, and <laughs> Gary Bettman would slap me upside the head if he heard me say that publicly, <laughs> but that's the way I see it. <clears throat> Excuse me. In my world as an insider, I mean, you, you need all sorts of, of wiggle room. And you don't get that when you've got teams that are five, maybe seven points out that probably aren't going to make the playoffs, but they're not sure that they're not going to make the playoffs. So they do everything they can to stay in the hunt. And then that takes you again to the March 3 trade deadline. But you look at each division now, Rod, uh, I don't know what's going on in the West. I, I, I mean, I can see the top teams there. I'm still a believer in the Colorado Avalanche. I think when they get healthy again, uh, they'll make their push in the second half. I have no reason to second guess the possibility that they could defend, successfully defend the Stanley Cup. Uh, I like some of the other stories. The Central Division is always kind of intriguing. Um, Dallas has played great this year. The Winnipeg Jets have overcome all sorts of, uh, you know, injury adversity similar to Colorado and go down the list. And then over in the East, you know, similar. It, you know, for the first time in a long time, I, you know, the East could be stronger than the West. Now, you've got to prove that in the playoffs. And, you know, let's revisit in June when they hoist the Stanley Cup. But there are some really good stories and good teams. Look at the Bruins have done. Look at what the Carolina Hurricanes have done. You look in the Atlantic Division. That Metropolitan Division is bonkers on most nights. So in that respect, yeah, it's it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. My last question for you. Over a third of NHL teams had a new head coach on the bench this year, and it doesn't make sense. Boston fires Bruce Cassidy, which is fine. Jim Montgomery's got him number one. He restores Vegas to prominence. Dallas parts ways with Rick Bonus. He's got the Jets where they are, and DeBar's got Dallas where they are. But DeBar couldn't coach in Vegas? This is the most unreal game of musical chairs I think we've ever seen. 
No kidding. It's been wild. It, you know, it's not unusual that you have first-year coaches with that sort of influence and impact, right? It's a different voice. But then look at the men that you just talked about. I remember Jimmy Montgomery saying very early when he got into Boston, he had no reason to tweak the defensive structure of the Bruins because Bruce Cassidy did such a terrific job. So why would you try and perfect something that doesn't need to be? He just let his offensive players kind of go with it. And, and as we've seen, the Boston Bruins are a top story. Bruce Cassidy was target number one for Kelly McCrimmon and the Vegas Golden Knights. So when he popped into the market, they swooped in real quick, despite the fact that they interviewed some others. And I just think Pete DeBoer is a flat-out good coach. I do. I'm not surprised by the success in Dallas. And Rick Bonus was exactly what the Winnipeg Jets needed. Um, and talk about heavy lifting. He goes in there, takes the C off Blake Wheeler, spreads the responsibility and level of accountability to everyone, including the younger players and they've responded greatly. So not surprised by the success of those guys, but it's going to make voting for the Jack Adams a challenging one this year because there are a number of candidates. I think Sheldon Keefe's done a good job in Toronto. Go down the list, Rod. And that's based only on regular season, correct? Yeah, it is. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah, exactly. You do see teams that you see teams that limp in uh, to the playoffs and then find a way to to go deep and, and challenge. So those coaches aren't often recognized. Dregs, we covered a lot. We always do in a short amount of time. I appreciate you, my man. Happy New Year! Thanks for the time. We'll do it again as playoffs approach. All right. Stay well, Rod. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. Langenberg's Darren Dreger checking in. We'll be right back with a sports update and a viewer takeover. It is the RP Show. We're live on Game Plus Television Network across all 10 Canadian provinces and 31 U.S. states. We're also live streaming on YouTube and on the radio. 99.1 The Key, WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Uh, it is, what, viewer takeover time? Thank you. Four and a half minutes, Clark says. Sports update to I apologize to Kirk Berseth, who's watching on Game Plus Television. He's got a couple of questions. And he wanted me to ask him what Darren Drager thinks the Oilers could possibly do before the NHL trade deadline. Listen, let's uh, we'll get back to Dregs on that. And we got a few weeks till the trade deadline, do we not? What's the trade deadline, Clark? Do you remember in National Hockey League? It's start of March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First week of March. So we got a lot of time to talk about that. And he also asks, any thoughts on which NFL team Nathan Rourke will sign with? Well, if you just ask me to spin a wheel, and you probably won't remember what I say anyways, what I guess, this is the star quarterback of the BC Lions, WestJet, as I call them. I'll say the Las Vegas Raiders. What's he worked out with? Eight, uh, March 3rd, Clark says, thank you. He's worked out with eight NFL teams, one of which is the Raiders. I don't have the whole list off the top of my head. But um, clearly their high-priced quarterback isn't <laughs> getting things done as the Raiders were officially eliminated last week. And Derek Carr watched from the bench. So I'll say Vegas. How about that? And boy, 
Talk about the recruiting trip Vegas could throw for Nathan Rourke, which... Reminding me of Vegas, I'll get right to that. Rose is watching in Edmonton on Game Plus TV, and she says, geez, Rod, don't get yourself beat up. The car horn isn't a big deal. There was a guy honking his horn, or a gal, out here on the US-1, and it was annoying earlier on. So I yelled at them to shut up, and for a while they did. But I'm in my yard. I don't think they can come in here, and uh, we'll just stop there. John Ohm, Ohm in Edmonton says, regarding Darren Dreger's contention that this was the most competitive tournament ever, he goes, most competitive year in the juniors minus the Russians? What he's talking about is the close scores. And, you know, people, you know our friend Lee from the Epic Times newspaper and Western Standard said, is this the greatest Canadian team ever? And is this the greatest tournament ever? It wasn't the greatest Canadian team ever. And it wasn't, I don't think, the mo greatest tournament ever. Darren says maybe the most competitive because the scores were the closest. But then that would automatically mean Canada wasn't that dominant because they weren't kicking the crap out of everybody, which you all would have liked to have seen. So they weren't the best Canadian team ever. That's how I read that. Not to say that I'm right. But I'm the one with the show. So to the Vegas thing, sports update, week six, a busy week six in the National Lacrosse League starts with one game Friday night. The one and one Philadelphia Wings at the 0-2 Las Vegas Desert Dogs airing on ESPN News and on TSN.ca and the TSN app. It will be on television here in America. ESPN News, I'll be watching. The Desert Dogs are hoping a couple of weeks off gave them more time to gel. As last time out, they lost their inaugural home game to Panther City in front of 7,500 fans at Michelob Arena in the MGM, and they lost 9-3. So tonight, catch it. I love me some NLL. It's just amazing that they're in week six, and these teams have only played two games. It'll be picking up here quickly. The Toronto Raptors carry a two-game losing streak into tonight's home game with the New York Knickerbockers. Last minute of play in hour one. The Raptors have lost seven of their last ten and they sit 12th in the East. Our Atlanta Hawks. Hashtag here come the Hawks. They are playing tonight at the Lakers. We're ninth in the East. The surging Winnipeg Jets entertain the Tampa Bay Lightning in one of six games on ice tonight in the NHL. Also tonight, the Flames host the New York Islanders. Uh, this sports update brought to you by Landmark Cinemas. Here's what's on at the Landmark. Strange world in theaters now. Jake Gyllenhaal lends his voice to Searcher Clade, the son of a steadfast explorer. The original action-adventurer journeys deep into an uncharted and treacherous land where fantastical creatures await the legendary Clades, a family of explorers whose differences threaten to topple their latest, most crucial mission. In theaters now, Strange World. Hour two coming up after this brief pause on Game Plus and the key. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.